You're listening to the Scripture Union Northern Ireland podcast. I'm your host, Phil Howe. Our aim is to equip and resource local Christians and therefore the local church in our joint mission of making God's good news known to children, young people and families. On this month's episode, we're going to be listening to Leanne Dunlop, who is our Field Ministries Director, and she's going to be talking about the idea of chaplaincy. Now that might seem like a strange thing considering the times we find ourselves in and the new priorities that we're facing. However, we will get through this. There will be a time whenever we will go back to schools, uh, where schools will be open. And so whenever that time comes, we hope and pray that the local church will be a presence in its local community like never before. And so we thought it would be helpful to, to start sharing this idea, to get local Christians thinking about this idea and what it could look like on the other side of a pandemic. This was one of the issues discussed at our schools ministry conference back in February. And this is a summary recording that Leanne did based on that session. So enjoy. Hello, my name is Leanne Dunlop and I have the great privilege of working full-time with Scripture Union. Uh, I oversee the work that goes on in schools and in camps and missions, but as part of my role um, is to look into new areas of ministry, new things that we can explore. Uh, and one of those areas has, has been in chaplaincy in schools. And this is something that we've seen elsewhere in other SU movements around the world. Uh, we also see a huge need for uh, here in Northern Ireland, and we'll go into that in a moment. Um, and also something that a few people have approached us ab- about as well. So we started to wonder, what is God saying? What could we do? What do we have to say into this conversation around chaplaincy in schools? So the beginning of what I'm going to do is share with you uh, some of thoughts we have been having and some uh, research that we've been doing into the whole area of chaplaincy in schools. Um, and then we're going to hear from those on the ground doing this both formally and informally. So the purposes of those listening maybe on our podcast though, we'll just we'll, we'll stick to the first part for now. One of the first challenges is to define what we mean by chaplaincy. Um, that, that word itself can mean different things in different contexts. So some chaplains work full or part-time. Others maybe offer their services voluntarily and more informally. In some schools, the role of a church leader uh, is, is maybe the church representative on the Board of Governors, for example, might be seen as a chaplaincy type of role. And yet the idea of chaplaincy doesn't need to rest only on the shoulders of a church leader. And so as we begin to try and define chaplaincy, let me give you a bit of the history, first of all. So the origins of chaplaincy are found in the story of a young military soldier known as, uh, now known as St Martin of Tours. And the story goes that he cut his military cloak in two in order to provide clothing for a naked beggar who later appeared to him in a vision as the vegan figure of Christ. So the Latin scholars among you will of course know that the old Latin word for a small cloak is capella, which now means chapel in Italian and from which the word chaplain is derived. Nowadays, of course, the word chaplain is commonly used to describe anyone who formally represents uh, a particular religious tradition in an institution. So in the military, in hospitals, in prisons, in schools and universities. But no matter what the context, the essence remains the same. To be there alongside others in the name of Jesus with a generosity of spirit that seeks to meet the needs of those around us. I picked that uh, phrase up or that little bit of definition up from an article I read and and I found that every word really there is loaded with meaning when it comes to thinking about what chaplaincy in schools might mean. To be there, it's about someone who is willing to show up consistently no matter what. 
alongside, uh, this needs to be done in relationship with the school in the context that we're thinking about it, with teachers, with pupils, with, with other churches and organisations as well. It's highly relational. In the name of Jesus, uh, as Christians we are there to bring the distinctiveness of our Christian faith, the distinctiveness of Jesus into this context. Generosity. Um, generosity takes time and it takes effort and it takes sacrifice and it recognises that it will often be messy. And that's because we're seeking to meet the needs of those around us. Um, the needs in schools are great, both on a big picture level and on an individual level. And since this context is changing all the time, so are the needs. And then for those around us, this is something that should be for everyone. Chaplaincy should be for everyone in the school community. There is a need for inclusiveness while still carrying our distinctiveness as Christians. And so these thoughts uh, constantly take me back in my mind to the words of, of John 10.10, 10, probably that you know very well. I've come to bring him life and give it to the full. Words that have been very much in my mind for the children and young people that we seek to share God's generous heart with in this. I actually went to a school in London just before Christmas and uh, to visit the chaplaincy there and, and found that this is this that verse is, is their theme verse and it's written in their chaplaincy space alongside uh, Pudsey Bear and the Gideon's Bibles which I really liked because it helped to represent what it is that a chaplain does in that school but I just loved the idea that they recognised that above all else real life, life to the full can only be found in Christ. How amazing would it be to see such a verse on the walls of our schools here in Northern Ireland? So let's drill down into some of the nitty gritty um, of what chaplaincy could actually look like on the ground in schools every day. I've spent a wee bit of time meeting with and listening to some people, and I'm sure there are more, but some people involved with chaplaincy in schools, both here and in England, over the course of the past months. Some doing it full-time, some voluntarily, some with the label of a chaplain, uh, others doing some aspects of chaplaincy without even perhaps realising it. But through all these conversations, I've picked out four main threads that seem to underpin everything that I was seeing and reading and hearing in terms of chaplaincy in schools. And it won't be rocket science to you, but those four threads are pastoral, spiritual, educational and missional. And so we're going to take a few moments to look at each of those in turn and, and I've picked out a few common words or phrases that I kept hearing repeated under each of these headings and we're going to explore those a little bit together. So first of all, pastoral. And of course, uh, schools have a pastoral care policy. They have to have uh, pastoral care structures. And so this is about working alongside those current pastoral care structures in a school to offer another level of social and emotional support in a school. And more and more, there is a need for this. We're constantly hearing about how mental health issues are on the rise, uh, a lack of budget to be able to bring in things like counsellors and so on. Um, some of the words that I kept hearing under this, this idea, this thread of pastoral care, uh, is the w first one is the word time. And this is about simply showing up and being there for young people or teachers consistently. That might be one-to-one -one or within a small group, but it's about having someone who is neither the teacher nor the professional counsellor, but sits somewhere in between those two who takes an interest, listens and journeys with particular young people who have been referred to them or who have self-referred. 
It's about introducing that new level of pastoral support, somewhere between the professionalism of the teacher and, and the counsellor. Uh, a chaplain can have a very different relationship with pupils than a teacher or someone offering professional counselling support. And this is where organisations like REACH here, here today at our conference are doing a great job sitting in that space with that mentoring focus particularly. Second word I kept hearing around the, the pastoral care aspect of this is the word presence. So it's about having a physical presence in the school as more than just a visitor actually, but rather as an available part of the community, as a part of the fabric of the school, as they often say in Youth for Christ, Ricky's here, uh, going to talk to us later, and he often talks about the being a fabric of the school. And that can be really helpful in terms of ongoing pastoral care. And that can be as simple as chatting in the staff room with teachers or with pupils in the playground at break and lunch times or helping out in school trips or simply being willing to serve in practical ways as needed and serve, serving local schools. Some of the things that Glenn will be talking about in his seminar later about loving your school community well and which we're big advocates for in terms of our E3 schools project and the empowering part of what our E3 workers do. The next word I heard a lot kept hearing under the, the aspect of, uh, of pastoral care is relationship. And as we've already said, obviously chaplaincy is highly relational and building relationships takes time. And it's only once those solid relationships are formed that the needs of the school and how the chaplain can help to meet them can be solidified. So the whole process is organic and it requires chaplains to find the balance between flexibility as well as to find structures or parameters. So that's the thread of, of pastoral care but someone that I met up with said very helpfully to me and it stuck with me, don't lessen chaplaincy to pastoral care. Don't lessen chaplaincy to pastoral care. There are many others there, out there that can do that but uh, that leads us to the second thread of, of what chaplaincy can be defined to be about and, and that's the, the, the spiritual thread of it. And some people might come back at us on this and question the place of, of spirituality in schools. Many do today. But of course, education is holistic. So surely helping to develop spiritual awareness and understanding in children and young people, even at its most basic level, is just as important as any other area of their development. So a few of the words that have kept hearing repeated under this aspect of the, the spiritual thread of chaplaincy. Uh, the first one is space. In some cases, that can be a dedicated physical space that will help pupils explore faith in a way that is inclusive, that is safe and respectful. I guess you could call it a permanent prayer space in the school. And indeed, that is, that's how chaplaincy developed in, in, in Dremore High School as a result of the, the positivity around the week of having dedicated sessions in a prayer space. And it's great to have prayer spaces in schools. And Hannah with us here today at the conference. Um, check them out and talk to them. There's so many great opportunities through that. But it can also be about a, a space for young people to hang out at lunchtime, space to have one-to-ones or just somewhere to be quiet in the midst of the busyness and hecticness of school life or just to have some time out, maybe particularly for those with anxiety or, or special educational needs. So this can be a space designed to allow for questions and conversations of faith but it's also linked in then with pastoral care provision and we'll hear more examples about that later. In a more abstract sense, though, it needs to be a safe space, which is what we call the title of this seminar, a space, a safe space, a space to be heard, a space to be shown value, a welcoming space, which everyone who is part of the school community will feel welcomed into, no matter what their background is. 
The second word I kept hearing around this spiritual thread is ethos. The idea of ethos. We all have these lovely words that we like to call the ethos of our school or our business or where the place of work that we have. But what does that actually look like and how does that translate into the corridors in the classroom in the school environment? Well, the Control Schools Support Council, if you're familiar with them, they, they have developed ethos very helpfully to ethos toolkits for schools, which chaplains can play a key role in speaking into as they seek to communicate and model spiritual values within the school community ultimately seeking to nurture the spiritual life of the school. And I've seen this happen here, but they're really big in this in faith schools in England. So, for example, chaplains speak into how to model and nurture the Christian values, which are displayed, as you can see here, clearly around the school and linked with activities in the chaplaincy that week or are linked to what they're doing in their collective worship in their assemblies. And one school even get achievement points from the teachers when they see tangible examples of these values being met in the corridors and in the classrooms. And the chaplains can also be involved in uh, the charitable aspects of the school life, which are often very much part of their ethos. So things like the poppy appeal, awareness and, and fundraising drives for choosing charities or sponsoring a third world child, uh, a third world a child in a third world country and helping the school to keep in touch with them. So that can all link in with the idea of ethos as well. The third word uh, I kept hearing around this thread is moments, uh, key moments, if you like, um, key moments in school life where there is an opportunity to bring in a spiritual focus. And in fact, that can happen particularly in collective worship and in seasonal times of year and celebrations like Christmas and Easter and all sorts of others as well. So helping to meet the needs of collective worship in the school, particularly around those seasonal gatherings, in a respectful and an inclusive way. So chaplains can take the lead in terms of the outworking of collective worship in a school and, and provide that deeper level of accountability and support for teachers in delivering it because let's face it, it's not always done well. But that may also be about spiritual guidance or about spiritual support in the difficult moments as well. Those key moments are often difficult moments for schools and um, for principals and teachers as much as for the pupils. And the biggest one I keep hearing about, and we'll hear more examples of later on again, are, 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 are when there's a death in a school. Um, often they look to a chaplain for support, for guidance, for wisdom and how, helping everyone in the school and knowing how to deal with that. So those key moments, whether that be celebration moments or, or difficult moments in the school life, can help to bring that spiritual input. The third thread then is uh, the educational thread. Obviously, of course, ultimately schools are professional environments and they are there to educate. So chaplains or chaplaincy teams or the principal of chaplaincy can help by supporting those who are marginalised. And that's one of the words I kept hearing around this thread. So for those who are marginalised, those who for whatever reason are at risk of educational disengagement, so as well as being able to offer them pastoral support or practical educational support is really valuable. So one-to-one -one or as part of small groups, whether it be reading programmes, homework clubs, extra support for individuals in RE classes or other classes as well. And then there's the idea of programmes. There are lessons we can bring, enrichment programmes, justice programmes, um, you'll hear more examples of those again later. Involvement with RE, uh, also, <coughs> excuse me, really valuable assets to the school. Um, although we do need to be careful that it doesn't just become a delivery about delivery and that's what some of the chaplains I've been speaking to um, have said you need to be careful that delivering programs or lessons um, can take over the timetable particularly if you're a full-time chaplain you need to be aware of that too 
But the chaplain, chaplain can also be a really good person who oversees other organisations that come into the schools who might offer mentoring or, or help with or run other Christian-based or value-based programmes within the school. Someone who has oversight and it can be strategic about that and see the bigger picture of it. The final word then, the final thread that we mentioned, <coughs> excuse me, is that word missional. Or as someone else giving the word for witness might be a more helpful word to use. And, and for me, this one surrounds all the others. As Christians, because our ultimately, obviously, our desire is to see children and young people flourish and to know life in all its fullness, as we talked about from John 10, 10 earlier, through knowing Jesus. So, of course, we want them to meet Jesus in all that we do. But um, there, but all that we've mentioned is, is founded on this mission of focus. But we do need to be clear that we are not there to proselytise. We are present as carriers of God's good news, but also as partners with the school in its educational task and a professional understanding of the context. So what else can a chaplain bring to this missional or witness thread in a school? Um, One thing is maybe community. Uh, particularly church community that's yeah that's what a chaplain can bring bring in the local church community community partnerships are looked for within the school inspectorate uh, and they can add so much to the life of life of a school and obviously churches are really well placed within communities to offer all sorts of support not as a trojan horse for proselytization as we've said but as an opportunity to serve their local community from the motivation of the gospel and who knows what opportunities come from that as we seek to be salt and light and that's the next phrase I guess that um, I kept hearing under this thread salt and light offering support a chaplain can offer support for Christian staff and pupils and the plethora of issues that they are facing in the world of education today and as they sit in the classroom uh, it may be that they can run something like Christian, Christianity Explored or Alpha in a school, maybe alongside the SU group in the school. Um, there were chaplaincy teams in some schools in England who were able to speak into and help with how collective worship was done and, and helped out with charity drives and helped to run Alpha and so on. So they applied to be in the chaplaincy team at the start of the year once the chaplain outlined what was involved. And, and actually, the day I was in a school uh, in, in Wimbledon, um, seven local post-primary school chaplaincy teams of pupils were gathering to have a meeting with the diocesan education folk about things like collective worship in schools and and the new gender equality legislation coming in just to gain their voice in some of these things which I just thought was wonderful to be able to see. So those are four main, the four main threads of chaplaincy that I've picked up on. Some to do with the idea of the chaplain as a person and what they can offer as an individual um, but some to do with the idea of chaplaincy as a principle and what a variety of folks could offer within that foundation from a church context or organisational context. But let's move past the theory now uh, and here's what some of that could look like in practice. For those, the purposes of those listening on the podcast, we took some time to listen there to some folks who shared their stories of chaplaincy and schools. But just in conclusion, as we draw this ball back to where we started you can see how everything that we've been said both in theory and practice links with the definition that we started with of chaplaincy to be there alongside others to um, making God's good news known in in schools in all these wonderful wonderful ways and let me just find that definition to be there alongside others in the name of Jesus with the generosity of spirit 
that seeks to meet the needs of those around us. You can see how in everything that we've said, it helps to um, link with that definition. Um, however, as we finished, it's worth taking a moment to look at the prevalent needs and the prevalent challenges. One of the standout things that I note and I've noted in every conversation around the area of chaplaincy that I've been a part of was firstly that the, the, the need there is for this to develop in our schools. There is a need. Everyone agreed that I spoke to that schools will generally welcome more support in all the areas we've described, particularly in the current climate of increased stress, pressure and budget cuts. However, there is a challenge of how this is marketed and the increasingly diverse and secular and inclusive nature of our schools. And we need to be wise to that and careful in our approach and our posture to it. The second thing that stood out is that flexibility is required. So with some common language and standards and boundaries for chaplain's role are important and what that could look like, the highly relational nature of the role of a chaplain needs to be organic and dependent on the needs of the school. So there also seems to be this need for both a formal and an informal approach. However, everyone that I spoke to has resoundingly agrees that any kind of approach needs to be both long term and consistent. Again, on the flip side, though, it should also be remembered that reputation is at stake uh, for us as the church, for us as SU, for heretics to lead on something like this as we go forward. We need to have the right people with appropriate structures, proper levels of training, accountability, supervision and support. And finally, it is important to note that there are already many people active in terms of many of the elements to chaplaincy that we've looked at today. There are a variety of organisations, some of them here today, offering support in various elements that we've described and many church leaders already involved in the schools in great ways, at least at some level, and indeed benefit from the support of our school's workers as well under the umbrella of the E3 Schools Project. So we do need to make sure that any developments or action we take will <coughs> excuse me, empower those people and those organisations rather than disempower the examples of good practice that already exist. But at the moment, I feel like the greatest need seems to be some sort of an umbrella body or chaplaincy hub or network to bring all of this together. The pastoral, educational and spiritual aspects all surrounded with this prayerful, missional witness focus. Ideally, working towards that sweet spot in the centre that sees these elements working together, but recognising that there will be different emphases in different schools. So if you want to be part of such a network or find out more, journey with us more as we continue to explore this and take it further, then please just get in touch and let me know. Thanks. We're now going to move to a time of Bible reflection with our children's ministry coordinator, Lindsay Marks. Hi again, it's Lindsay here, reading the Bible focus for this month, which has been written by Anita Conkey, our special needs coordinator. Genesis 41 verses 29 to 30 says this, Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine will follow them. Joseph's story is a current focus when we go into special schools telling God's big story. As I teach this story, praying that pupils will listen, engage, experience and learn, I too am being challenged. Here in the West, we are blessed with a plethora of Bible translations, Bible apps for all ages and multimedia teaching resources. God is the God who provides, Jehovah Jireh, the same today as he has been in Old Testament history. Starvation is not part of God's plan for his children. 
The Bible is his provision, pure spiritual food to help us grow strong and mature. Joseph and Pharaoh knew at the very time food was abundant, famine was knocking at the door. They appreciated and made the most of the abundant provision being enjoyed. However, they also thought of the future. Seven years of famine. In response to God's revelation, Joseph made diligent preparation, creating food stores for the impending absence of harvest. The challenge for me from Joseph's story is, what am I doing in these years of plenty? Could there be a famine of God's word? The challenge for me from Joseph's story is, what am I doing in these years of plenty? Could there ever be a famine of God's word? Healthy eating, a vital pursuit, has taken on momentum in the office among the staff since Christmas. Even more vital is making the most of God's abundant provision, a daily pursuit requiring discipline, wisdom and resolve in order to be prepared for whatever is ahead. None of us knows what is around the corner. Opportunities come and go. History tends to teach that the good times don't last forever. Are we treasuring up God's good provision for today and tomorrow? If you like what you listen to, this was actually one of the focuses for us at our school's ministry conference. And maybe you want to check out more recordings from that event. Please go to SUNI, Scripture Union Northern Ireland, SUNI.co.uk forward slash schools conference. And there you'll find other seminar recordings and notes on things like Board of Governors or Being a Godly Teacher and more. As we chatted about chaplaincy and that need for a safe space, we really do hope and pray that your home is being that safe space for children and young people right now to be able to allow them to thrive in their faith. Uh, One of the ways that we're aiming to to help you through this is through our online weekly schedule. We're going to be releasing a new assembly every Monday morning from 10am. That'll give you enough time to do your PE class with Joe Wicks, get changed and get ready for 10am, start with us. Then on Wednesdays, we're going to have an issue focused with primary at 1pm and post-primary at 3pm. And then finally, a family devotion is going to be released on Fridays at 10am. So you can check out all our social media, search Scripture Union Northern Ireland, or use the tag at S-U-N-I-Info. That's at S-U-N-I-Info. But thanks so much for listening, and until next time, God bless.